This is the Horse Radio Network. I am Maggie Herlinski. And I am Audrey Sears. And you are listening to the monthly Side Saddle episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 7th, episode 2948. This episode is brought to you by the American Side Saddle Association and Crestridge Saddlery. This episode is a special episode of Horses in the Morning every first Tuesday of the month. Good morning, horse world. On today's show, we'll get to meet two great ladies from the American Southwest, Maria Solano of Texas and Tina Louie from Arizona. We'll talk about when and how to use a queen, Western side saddle history, and how to rig a Western side saddle. And I have a daily Winnie. My daily Winnie goes out to Gail Orr and the ladies of our Western New York chapter for an amazing banquet weekend. They took us on fantastic adventures to beautiful places. We went to Letchworth State Park, which is known Mm -hmm. as the Grand Canyon of the East. Mm -hmm. It was just beautiful, breathtaking waterfalls, and it was all green and beautiful, and it just rained, so the water was really crashing through the canyon. It was beautiful. And we went to, uh, what's the name of that village? (laughs) The little, oh, the little village was um, the Genesee Country Museum. Yes, it was a little re like a reenactment museum, working farm. It was amazing. Thing. It was really amazing. Cool. All of the uh, employees were dressed in period clothing and stayed in character. Um, I loved the the guy in the Cooper shop that makes the barrels and the buckets and things. He mm-hmm. had a German accent and he really played it up. It was fun. Um, <laughs> And we went to. And you went and saw us, another tiny little waterfall, right? Yeah, we did. On our way home, yeah, we stopped at Niagara Falls. Yeah, a little tiny one. <laughs> a little, a little one. It was, it was nice. It was nice. It wasn't as pretty as Letchworth, but it was nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to thank Gail and everyone from the Western New York chapter for giving all of us that traveled in from out of state a fantastic weekend. All right, so Western side saddles. So last week, we kind of talked a lot about English side saddles, but Western side saddles. So this one was a whole new chapter for me. Like, I I grew up riding English, and then I went to college, and they were like, oh, by the way, you have to ride Western. And I went, what? I'd never, like, done anything with it. I was brand new, total newbie. And then I kind of was like, well, I'll start side saddle riding. And Maggie's like, hey, you need to read this book, this legacy book. And I was like, okay. And it starts talking about Western side saddles. I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're Western side saddles different from, differ from English side saddles the same way a stride saddles differ. Um, a Western side saddle has a Western bar tree under it, just like your regular Western saddle. And the... English side saddle has um, the tree with the long points that go down the side of the horse. So I heard it described as a Western side. I think it was Marty that said a Western side saddle is 10% padding and leather and 90% tree. Whereas an English side saddle is 10% tree and 90% leather and padding. Um, they girth similarly, you know, you got a main 
the main thing that holds the saddle on the horse. Um, modern Western side saddles may have a balance strap like our English ones do. But the older ones always had either a single Western cinch or double rigging. And some ladies have changed that up to either a traditional cinch with a flank strap or with two Western cinches, kind of like a pack saddle would use. <clears throat> um, some use a K cinch or an actual pack cinch. Um, I think that the, the Western rigging gives a more stable platform than English, but that's just me. <laughs> so. so what's our word of the day, Miss Maggie? Our word of the day is queen. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, yeah. We'll learn more about that later. <laughs> so I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Crestridge Saddlery starts with expert saddle fitting to produce the best saddle, saddle pad, and tack for your horse or mule. Our approach is the same regardless if you are riding a gated horse, stock horse, draft horse, or mule. You form a unique combination with your equine. Each saddle is built to order using your measurements. A master saddle fitter uses your measurements to select which one of our 19 different trees will provide the best fit for your equine partner and advise you which of our models work best with that tree. Since each saddle is built to order, you also have the opportunity to add to have your saddle customized at a surprisingly affordable cost. Instructions on how to measure your horse can be found by clicking on the How to Measure Your Horse link found in the banner, banner of every page. So, Maggie, who's our first guest today? Our first guest is Maria Teresa Solano from Texas. So, Maria, why don't you tell us how you got started riding side saddle? Okay, well, I'm born and raised in Mexico, and my first introduction was 1974 when I was seven years old. So from there, uh, I just get very involved and I told my mom and my dad that this is what I want and this is what I'm stuck. Like uh, a month after I started riding uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at the little uh, school of Charreria in Mexico, they uh, introduced me to the Escaramuza Charra. I mean, I was riding pretty good so they just get me on the little uh, Escaramuza So what Little girls team. Oh, so what is Escaramuza? Well, the Escaramuza they started in the 1950s when the like uh, we know they start with the Charreria. The Charros they started in 1920s when the revolution finished, and that's all the cattle people they're just getting the outskirts of the cities. So uh, they need to just keep handling uh, cattle. And um, they start helping each other, and that's why they start this charreria, so like helping each other, like uh, uh, marking, you know, put the branding, the cattle. They start getting like a little fiestas. So they said they start uh, Hidalgo, that's the uh, cuna de la charreria in Hidalgo. They start the Estado de México, Jalisco, and they start the first asociación de charros. They start in 1920s. They still they call them the Cana, the Asociación de Charros, la Nacional. So from there. Um, they start like, uh, there was a lot of kids around 
and these festivities. So they just they said, well, why we don't start um, a little team? And it's after Luis Ortega, the first presentation with a mixed group that was the brothers and sisters. There was Graciela, Maria, Eugenia, Arturo Ruiz Loredo, and then the brothers and sisters, Guadalupe, Jose, Antonio Camacho, Luriaga. There are six kids that start with exercises in 1953. So they call them carousel. And then like a little carousel. And then um, oh, okay. when they officially start, 1953. Okay, so, so charreada, that's kind of like rodeo. Correct? Yeah, the charreada, kind of? they okay. just start like a uh, rodeo. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a scaramusa, I understand, means skirmish in English? Skirmish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, because it, it kind of looks like you're things. all about to fight. Well, it's kind of, but I was inspired in that one exhibition from Don Santiago Ruiz when they came to Houston, Texas, and then he see on a, a team of uh, a drill team, and then uh, he started just getting to get that kind of name, what he saw over there, and then with like a skirmish, they become to the Italian, the Scaramuccia. So then when like uh, we know... Uh, the beginning of the stash, how do they do the that kind of comeback in a horseback? So, and okay. then for today, the Scaramusa have uh, 12 exercises they are already uh, under uh, uh, regulation, and uh, there's now reduced about eight girls, and that's the first and the only one uh, sport, the charreria, where it's just only for the girls. And it's like a competition levels. Yeah, and it looks like uh, we think of um, the rodeo drill teams doing yeah. precision movements, except you're doing it side saddle in the most exactly. beautiful clothes I've ever seen. Yeah, and then for talk about a little bit, like I'm always at the, the Scaramusa, they started in 1953, but... When I just research, I mean, I, I just love our sport. And then when I research, and then we are very privileged that under American Side Association, Lone Star Side Association in Texas, we have the granddaughter of the Rosita Lepe. That was the first queen of the Charles, National Charles, 1937. So wow. her father, Don Filemon Lepe, uh, invent that he's the one that create the first Charra saddle by taking down the head of his uh, own saddle. It was very pretty, and then uh, I gave all those nice uh, pictures to to American Side Saddle Association to keep, and um, they're still in the family, and uh, that's why they start with uh, uh, Don Filemon and his daughter. Uh, they create the uh, the suits, like the nice, uh, uh, very beautiful with the uh, embroidered handmade uh, suits from the charros for the girls. Because they use the other ones, very nice, uh, chinas poblanas. But when they're seat, they have to um, pass the right leg and hold it to the head of the saddle. You know, the charro saddles, they have a big, big uh, head. And yes. then uh, what did he do? He just cut it. And uh, that family, they still have two. That's the first one they, they have uh, documented in 1937 by Don Filemon and his daughter Rosita. So, and then from there, when they start, like, have the female, uh, the girls into the charros, that was like a more or less for a, a man uh, rodeo, like uh, you mentioned. But after 1953, when they introduced the mix, the mixed team, 
so uh, the mixed team uh, uh, they start getting into more uh, like more better form to do the scaramuza. So I'm starting the 1970s where it was a beautiful time, beautiful time for me. It was not so much like as stressful with the points competition and your dresses and the horses there are any horse, whatever horse. So now there are very more, uh, uh, I don't know, breed of horses, especially the water horse. And there's something very interesting about our saddle. It's like there was no modifications since 1930. And then it was awesome with the Maggie came down to, for the first time in November in the 2000. Uh, one and then she just take a look with the feeding class and all that. That was so amazing. It's so amazing to see that we can do a lot of things and uh, for the purpose to keep ga- uh, going and uh, our side saddle for the charros uh, make a better, a better modification for for us to ride and have more contact to the horses and uh, for right now these days the purpose to build the charreria associations and the schools they assist them to continue the transmission and traditions. They also consider it a sport, like uh, by training new generations, members of the community, and for the competition levels. So for, believe it or not, there are 80 escaramuzas in the United States. Oh, wow. 80. 80. Well, that's a lot United of teams. Yes, yeah, they are under the Federación Mexicana de Charrería. In Mexico, there are more than a 300. So in hmm. the different categories, like uh, they call them like uh, milky, that's the small little girls, dientes de leche. Uh, open category, which is like a mixed age. And it's amazing because now the mothers, they can uh, ride with the daughters. Uh, and my time, it was like a frame uh, age. My little team that was girls, like my age, 7 to 12. And then you're going to another 12 to 15, 16, and then go on, go on. So, but now there's more like opportunity to just have like more, uh, more open for, for being a competition level. Yeah. So you said something about they took the original uh, saddle and they cut, they split the the head. Um, yes. Can you tell us a little more about your about your saddle? Because your your side saddles aren't they look nothing like normal side saddles. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's the that's the, we have the amazing class with Maggie, and then she just gives us a little bit. Of, well, I mean a very. It was so tiny. We need like a whole week with Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, uh, she made the mention like uh, it just for us. And then what we discovered in my case, when I started getting horses back in 2015 and then go back to the charro, go back to Mexico and then just dust it off all the time that I didn't drive for a gap of time. So and then I start searching and searching again. I want to ride. That was very limited here at the border. I'm at the border with Mexico. So and then when I start searching and then I find American Side Side Association and I start hunting and uh, sending messages to Maggie and hey, we are charros. I mean, I want to just learn and this and that. And she opened wide open the doors for American Side Side Association to me. So I just give all the information that I have and this and that. And then that day in the class. She was mentioned that uh, we still using the tree of a uh, of a charro saddle. It's kind of like you mentioned, like a western kind, right, Maggie? Yeah, and it, that one has been using for all of us. Yeah, it looks um, like a, a man's western saddle, but with yeah. the the side saddle horns the horn. on the front of it. You can see through it. It's the seat 
is a sling between the front. I'm talking with my hands and you can't see me. Uh, the seat is a sling from the front of the saddle to the back. And you can see under it. So you're kind of perched um, above the horse a little bit. Yeah, and then all of them they didn't fill up without getting down the front part. What I see now and the western uh, trees that I have, and then actually Maggie and uh, and I uh, and um, with the under of course with the McAllister saddle, we want to create a better quality chara saddle by American Side Saddle Association because. Uh, for me, it's very important what I learned with my daughter and all these years, the contact that we need to, to have with the horses because we are like 30 centimeters above the seating. I mean, we are sitting like on a little sofa. Yeah. It's, and it's and a, I know they just, they have yeah, the new a, saddle a, they call Farelli, but they still the horn, the part of the front, they still up. Yeah, it's a comfortable saddle, but it's a very different feel. Your knee yeah. is a little higher than your hip. Mm -hmm. So I would think that mm -hmm. would get tiring after a while. And the trees, yeah. and most of the, the trees are the, they've not changed since they were designed. 1935, 1937. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, wow. we're working with a, a, a saddler to try to, uh, Marie and I have been working with um, McAllister Saddlery to create a, a wider tree that fits more modern horses and a closer contact seat. It'll still look like the like beautiful, beautiful traditional chara saddles, um, but it'll be a little closer contact. We hope. So, so my only introduction to a chara saddle was just recently, and um, I got to sit in it. But it's set up for the offside because kind of the cool thing yeah. I think of the chara saddles is they have two stirrups, unlike regular side saddles. Um, mm -hmm. And the leaping horn, which we've discussed earlier uh, in an earlier episode, can be switched from side to side. So I got to sit offside. Um, you know, is there any history as to why a Chara saddle has two stirrups? Uh, you know, can do you have to compete on the near side versus the offside? Like, I want to know more about that. <laughs> yeah, what I just like the, that I acknowledge through that all the years that I haven't been a part of this. It's like uh, since that was uh, Mr. Don Filamon Lepe, the father of the Queen Rosita. That was his personal saddle. That was it's a beautiful saddle. Uh, they call him Chumetea, um Piteado. They use like a, those, uh, 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 like a kind of Hennekin. It's like, um, uh, I don't know how they call Maguey in English. So they want like a kind of plant like tequila. They call them Hennekin. Oh. So they just get the strings and they just make a little uh, embroidery. Yeah, it's, so it's a plant-based saddle. Yeah, it's a plant-based um, fibrous, uh, I think it, the... Would be like a linen. It's mm -hmm. a thread, and the saddle's embroidered with that yeah, so, um, and they plant make fiber. Yeah, nice designs and all that. It's mm -hmm. incre It's incredibly beautiful. Yeah, well, that's uh, that. That was the saddle of the Mister uh, Don Filamon Lepe. So, and then we see the necessity for his daughter to just sit and decide to be get her leg, the right leg, around the horn of that beautiful saddle. He just cut it. 
you just cut it and adapt the kind of horns on the side. But the first one, actually, if uh, later on uh, Maggie wants to share an American Side Saddle Association page, I mean, we have the permission by Jimena Sanperio, the granddaughter of Rosita. They have like a little, ¿cómo se dice They have like a little, and uh, the right, ¿cómo se dice argolla? Um, like a, a a round thing when she can hold because she was doing in parade like uh, the horse is standing up and the and the four legs and all that like a tricks. So they get oh, okay. made like um, an old saddle from uh, the Europe. They use for like uh, the circus. So and then uh, those pictures exist and they are now at the Maggie and uh, uh, that's a ring. There's a ring in the right side under the horn. When Rosita hold herself, and then uh, some pictures when she go operate in Chicago or whatever, so she do tricks and uh, and uh, now in the side saddle. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you for for being with us today, Maria. We really appreciate your time. I really enjoyed, it. and then you know, Maggie, there are charas in the U.S. and then uh, like I'm surprised that now they know a little bit more Escaramuza. Yeah. And uh, because of American Side Saddle Association, it's a big window for us. And then when you accepted to to, to revive uh, Texas in uh, 2019, I mean, unfortunately, pandemia, the pandemic and all yeah, that, yeah, just yeah. a little bit off. But we have a lot of plans. And then I have yeah. people that are really interested in the trees for you saddles. Yeah, I will be going. in Texas teaching a clinic um, outside of San Antonio in November. So hopefully all of our listeners can come and join us. Sure. November the 5th, this deal. November mm-hmm. 5th, right. All right. Well, we'll see you then, Maria. And thank you so much for being okay. on the show. No, thank you very much. The American Side Saddle Association was formed in 2008 to preserve, promote, and expand the elegance and the historical art of riding a side saddle. The ASA wishes to promote enthusiasm for side saddle riding among the equestrian public. The American Side Saddle Association is a network of over 20 regional side saddle clubs located throughout the nation. The the association supports all forms of riding and rider safety. We honor the women who came before us, but are also inclusive of all people throughout society. We hold regular clinics and participate in parades and demonstrations around the United States. Find us on Facebook or American Side sidesaddleassociation.com So Maggie, who's next today? Next up, we are going to be talking to Tina Louie from Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, Tina. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) So what have you been up to? I am currently planning my next trip to the Grand Canyon. Wow. So jealous. That's like a bucket list ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what saddle are you going to use? I will be using my Crestridge, um, my Crestridge Western saddle. I have to ask, having ridden in a steel and not a Crestridge, which do you prefer? I still, uh, I do prefer the English saddle over Western, but I do a lot of trail riding and so it, it kind of necessitates using a Western saddle to accommodate saddlebags and lunch and water and everything. So, oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, the yeah, because I know, because I know you've got a couple of side saddles. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got more than a couple. I, I, for such a short, uh, you know, late start to the side saddle pass, and I think I have like four or five now. So <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It happens. I once found one hidden under my guest bathroom sink where I'd hidden it from my ex-husband. Yeah. You know. How many years was it there? A couple. You know, we don't. We don't. Okay. We don't judge. We don't judge. So tell us about the riding in the Grand Canyon. What's it like? What does it feel like? It is. It's a blast. I love it. It's. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've. I've done it enough times now. Um, I always tell people that getting the permit is the hardest part of doing the canyon because they make it such a secret. And recently they've taken steps to limit equestrians in the canyon. So um, now they've made it even harder. So this year, everybody always asks me when I ride, you know, am I, am I doing it for a reason? And usually I just say, no, I just do it for fun. But this year I'm going as a suffragette. I'm wearing the sash and it's going to say, you know, ERA, equine riding access. So everybody's going to know why I'm riding. Oh, cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. So I have to ask when you ride in the Grand Canyon, uh, this question actually comes from my father. And he asked, do you ride with your legs hanging out over the gorge going up or down? (laughs) Well, you don't really have a choice. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, especially if you're riding on on the North Kaibab, most of the, the uphill side is on your right. So, yes, you're hanging off your left side. Um, actually it's not a bad way though, because the trail is pretty narrow. So putting your legs on the left and the wall on your right, then at least you're not rubbing up against the wall. So it gives you actually a little bit more room. You're just now completely hanging over the edge. (laughs) Wow. You know, nothing dramatic, no scared of heights. I have a healthy respect for heights, but you know what? I've, I've just got the best horse. So what can I say? Oh, that would yeah. make a big difference. Yeah. So what kind of training do you have to do in order to get that? I mean, besides taking your horse to rock climbing classes. <laughs> um, it's, it's more of a cardiovascular workout. It's really not, uh, it's not a very technical trail. It's probably a little bit harder than, you know, the first time I did it, I was like, wow, this is a little bit harder than what I thought they would take mules and novice riders on. Uh, I've done much harder trails than that. But um, it's just the fact that you're going from 1,700 foot elevation at the bottom to 8,200 feet at the top on the north rim. It's just a cardiovascular workout. So just make sure your horse is in in good shape. The trail is not technical. It's very easy to follow. They pipe water in throughout the trail. So they make it as, as easy as possible for such a strenuous it's like a stair step stair climber workout wow do you do this all in one day or do you spend the night somewhere i've done both i have done rim to rim to rim the 50 miles in one day and and a 20 it took 20 hours uh and we including helping out a hiker along the way um Mm. then also i the easy way to do it, it's just, you know, from the rim to the campground at the bottom is about 10 miles. So the 
nice, relaxing way to do it is to spend the night at the campground at the bottom and then, you know, turn around and go back up the next day. So it's really not that bad, you know, 10 miles each way. But right, the problem right now is they, they've, um, there's only one horse campsite at the bottom and it used to be reserved strictly for only people with horses. And now the 1600 people that apply for a permit every month are now eligible to use that campsite. So I have to compete with 1600 other people for my one campsite. Wow. That doesn't seem fair. No, it's not. So, you know, I'll make my my wishes known. I've I've heard that the the park uh, supervisors they they actually listen to comments and things like that. Um, so maybe maybe I'll get somebody's attention this time. Yeah, well, go out there and show them how it's done. Yeah, right. Is oh, I get, I get lectured yeah. all the time. I get lectured all the time about riding side saddle. I'm like, you know what? I've done this so many times. I have to, I started riding side saddle to make it more interesting. So, um, not that it's boring, but, you know, just just makes it (laughs) more interesting. The Grand Canyon is boring. (laughs) Well, you know, I have a lot of fun wearing period costumes um, and, and, I get to be anonymous. It's like being a, a figure at Disneyland and people take pictures and <laughs> I don't have to give them my name or anything, but they're, you know, they call me the ghost writer of the Grand Canyon because yeah. they dress in period costumes and so you know, do you I sh- just repair around the corner. So, so, and you're, so you are sharing the trail with hikers. Yes. Wow. Lots. And elk and yeah, it's, it's interesting. I love making everybody else's trips just a little bit different. I bet you do. Who has the right-of-way, the horses or the hikers? The horses have the right-of-way, but it's a a little different in the Grand Canyon as far as uh, the hikers are to go to the inside, uphill side of the trail when you pass. So... So not a left shoulder to left shoulder type situation. No, because it's a lot easier for a thousand pound animal to bump a hundred pound hiker off the edge than vice versa. Oh, well, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like safety. I'd be throwing (laughs) up. I'd be throwing up over the side. So do you have to, do you you ever come across the, the mule riders when you're in the Canyon? Yes. It's almost impossible to completely miss them. So, how do you get um, around them? The mule train, the commercial mule train, has the right of way at all times. So, um, the best thing to do is to go to the Wranglers the day before, check out what their schedule is going to be when they. So you can plan uh, a good spot to pass. Oh. You know where the trail is wide enough for you to get out, get out of the way. And as long as they know that you're going to be there, they're cool with it. Um, the last, the couple of times that I've gone and I've not been able to get a permit, then people get a little testy because I don't have a permit and they don't know I'm coming. And I said, well, you know what? You made it so hard for horses to get permits now that I'm, I'm doing this without one. So you, you can do day rides. Um, without a permit. If you stay at the bottom, you have to have a permit. 
So if I go rim to rim or down and back up in one day, which is what I did on my last trip, which it was 23 miles uh, in one day, I you don't need a permit for that because it's considered a day ride. Hmm. Okay. So you talked about um, getting, you know, wearing the cool costumes. I know one event you did recently where you wore a really cool outfit. Oh, is that the parade? Yeah, the parade. Listen to listen to her. That was fun. That was fun. I love the picture of you dancing while you're sitting on the horse with both your arms in the air. That's awesome. Well, there's videos uh, that have you know because that kind of looks like I'm waving, but there's videos that show me dancing around, and I I kind of look like a bobblehead. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, for those of you not in the know. Tina got to ride with us with the American Side Saddle Association at the Kentucky Derby Parade. And I think she had to like charter a separate flight for her hat. (laughs) (laughs) It was an impressive hat. (laughs) I assembled it there. I glued it together, the final pieces together there because it was so big. And then uh, I left it at my parents' house and I said, I'm going to come back next year. Just make sure that I'm I'm going to be able to come back next year and I won't have to ship it again. <laughs> and uh, I left it fully assembled. And my mom said, well, where am I going to put it? My closets are full. <laughs> yeah, and describe your, what is this hat. Yeah, I was like, what does this hat look like? I didn't get a chance to go. Oh, just des- describe the whole outfit. It was amazing. Uh, I dressed up as my fair lady. Uh, the, the race scene <gasps> where she has the black and white mermaid dress. And then she has the, the huge black and white uh, hat with the big feathers and the big bow. And it's like 12 inches tall and two feet wide. And um, covered yeah, the, whole, the, the dress covered the whole horse. And it was a windy <laughs> day. I had visions of you taking flight in that wind, like <laughs> the flying nun. <laughs> I was kind of worried about that, too. But you know what? Um the way I stiffened the brim on the hat made it really tight on my head. And I didn't even actually need the, the ribbon that I tied underneath my chin. But I just did that to make sure in case it did, it didn't fly off and hit the horse behind me or something. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that was, it was a lot of fun. And, and you know, you, you guys were very accommodating. Um, Julie Smith allowed me to borrow one of her horses. And her horse was pretty well behaved. So. Yeah, you know, people were asking me, you really flew out here to to do this parade? And I said, I get to wear one of the most iconic dresses in movie history (laughs) at an actual horse race. Yeah. Even I I I would not wear that. Yeah. I'm like, even I would not wear this dress in the Grand Canyon. (laughs) But at an actual horse race, I'm like, heck yeah, I'm I'm doing this. So. And it was beautiful. So our word of the day is a queen. And Maggie said that you have a little bit of a story about the queen. I didn't even know what one was until Maggie showed me. Uh, I went to this big name show stable in in North Phoenix, and I won't name them. And I learned pretty much nothing about side saddle. Um, And I, I'm twisting, you know, I'm, I'm, I really, really wanted to learn how to ride side saddle and do it well. 
Um, I really didn't learn anything in the five lessons that I took from them. And then I went to a clinic with Maggie. And the first thing that she said was, it's not you, it's the saddle, the queen there. And I said, I just learned more in five minutes with you than I did in the five lessons at the show table. So I can't say enough because I'm like, you just solved all my problems with that queen. Truly solved. I, I felt like a fish out of water. I kept thinking, why am I so twisted? This is not natural. I, I feel like I, I knew I was doing something wrong, but not once in the whole five lessons that I took did they say it's the saddle. They just said, twist your back. Uh, so now it feels much more natural. In fact, I, I just did uh, four days of judging a, a dog competition in Flagstaff. And I rode side saddle and everybody's, you know, I usually I'm the only person anybody has ever seen riding, riding side saddle, let alone on the trail or out in the forest in the desert and wherever. Um, and they said, you look perfectly comfortable up there. I said, yeah, side saddle is not the crazy idea everybody's made it out to be. So. I'm bringing side saddle back into fashion, I hope. Plus, wearing the outfits is the only chance I get to dress up. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, the only time I ever wear dressy clothes is when I'm riding my horse. You know, I'm a dog groomer, so I'm covered head to toe every day in dirty dog hair. So this is my chance to get dressed up, look nice. Um. It's just so much fun. Yeah. I get I've out of the it. house. You know, trying to educate people. Cause, and, and I, I've noticed that people, they want to stop and talk to me and, and I'm perfectly willing to talk to them about horses and about side saddle and the history of the grand Canyon. Cause you know, hikers, they'll just pass each other, right? Nobody talks to each other, but they see me and you know, they have a million questions. So it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, I would have a million questions, too, if I passed you on the street or, you know, a, a railing before my I fall into the chasms of death. <laughs> You're a much braver lady than I am. <laughs> and, uh, and I did two reactions from the rangers. Most of the rangers are like, you're going to die. Uh, and, and then I've had other rangers go, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Can I take a picture? You look so Grand Canyon. Uh, I've had people say, you know, people were showing me your pictures all day long as they pass, you know, the past the rangers at the, some of the rest areas. And it's like, that's the fun part. I, I get to make everybody's trip just a little different. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. This was wonderful. It's definitely a bucket list ride for me at this point. At Crest Ridge Saddlery, we design and produce all of our saddles, tack, and saddle pads here in the United States. We provide you exceptional value by combining saddle fitting, top-of-the-line materials, everything custom-built by Amish master craftsmen, outstanding customer service, and the reasonable prices possible with a family-owned and operated business. We stand behind our products and guarantee saddle fit and the quality of our tack. We welcome your visit and thank you for considering Crestridge Saddlery for all your saddle, tack, and saddle pad needs. 
Find us at CrestridgeSaddlery.com. So Maggie, earlier you talked about a queen. So while it's hilarious and we are ladies with a capital L when we ride side saddle, can you tell us a little bit about what is a queen? Well, it's um, a pad, a system of padding on the upright horn of the side saddle. That's the one that stands upright that helps get you square in the saddle. The wider the front of your saddle is, the farther to the left the horn has to be, the upright horn, and the more you have to twist to reach that upright horn. And we don't want you to twist. Your hips and your shoulders should be square with the front of your horse, just like a stride. So we use a queen um, to kind of bring your right leg more to the right and centered on the horse. And no, we don't know why it's called a queen. It just is. (laughs) It sounds more fancy that way. Well, yeah. And a queen can be um, something made to fit your saddle with a very nice cover and suede or uh, sheepskin, whatever. Or it can be a tea towel and some vet wrap. Um, Yeah, mine is a sock. Yeah. The big rubber band that comes on broccoli is really handy for a fastening a queen <laughs> to your saddle. So. Yeah, my, mine is a, a sock with uh, chunks of extra padding and then vet wrapped and then another sock over top of it. Yeah. So, okay, I had a little bit of a question about a queen. So you just explained that the queen is to kind of... Uh, center the rider's position over the horse. Uh-huh. And my question with the queen is my champion in Wilton saddle, I have to use a queen with it in order for me to ride it. If my champion in Wilton saddle didn't fit my horse slug and say it fit someone like Nancy, now it doesn't, we're not going to do that. Would I have to change my queen? Probably not because the queen adjusts the fit of the saddle to the rider. Okay. Not to the horse. Although, I think the position that the horse's shoulder might put your lower leg in could have some effect on it. But for the most part, no. I think that once your queen is set for you on your saddle, it should be good forever. Yeah, it doesn't matter where it is. Change weight. But, you know, women, we never do that. (laughs) Well, and like add weight on your knee because it's like right on the inside of your knee. It's your knee. Who does that? (laughs) Nobody has fat knees. (laughs) At least I've never been heard that, you know? Yeah. Well, I gained too much weight in my knee. I'm going to have to do some (laughs) more knee stuff at the gym. Got to change my my queen. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, we had some questions from the auditors group. Okay. Um, One of them was, please explain how Western side saddle rigging works. Well, we talked about that a little bit at the beginning. Um, You have your main cinch, you know, Western cinch. Um, But one of the tricks that side saddle riders like to do is we rig our saddles backwards. Most Mm -hmm. Western saddles, you have the latigo on the left and your half breed or your short billet, whatever you want to call it, on the right. And side saddle riders switch it around. So our latigo is on the right and our half breed or short billet is on the left so that we can tighten our saddle mounted without having to fiddle around under our dress. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Well, and Western side saddles, they differ 
a little bit, but not all that much. I mean, the the bottom of it is pretty much the same. It's got the front ring and the back ring. I think I've only seen one. I think it was a crest ridge that had kind of a, a Y type rigging. It, it's it's pretty well the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think whatever the only works. thing we do a little differently is a lot of people, I think, use the K, the K cinch yeah, the K or the cinch pack makes- cinch. Yeah, the K-Cinch or Pack-Cinch makes it pretty stable. Um, we see some Western side saddles with a balance strap. That is a totally modern invention. The old Western side saddles did not have a balance strap. I've never seen one in hundreds of antique saddles that had a balance strap. But because when the side saddle renaissance was happening in the 1970s, 1980s, the only books we had about side saddle were written in England. So a lot of ladies added a balance strap to their Western side saddles. And it's not wrong. Um, we see a lot of it. My personal side saddle, Western side saddle has a balance strap. But you'll see a lot of the older ones that have double rigging, uh, single rigging with a flank cinch. Um, yeah, I think it was the Crestridge saddlery, uh, or it was a Crestridge saddle at the last clinic that I saw a Western saddle that had kind of a Y rigging on that side. Uh, cross, uh, crossfire, centerfire, centerfire. Yeah. That's what they call it, centerfire. Yeah. So, all right. Um, the next auditor question we have are reinforced trees a thing to look for in a Western side saddle if you want to do ranch work aside? That's a good question. Hmm. Well, not really. Um, there well, are. Hang on a second, Maggie. I think we should explain just a tad about what a reinforced tree is. Okay. If you want to jump in your side saddle, your English side saddle, it has to have a little extra heavyweight steel in the front of it so that when you land, you don't shatter your tree. Yeah, a reinforcement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Western saddles aren't really specially reinforced for ranch work, but there are definitely western side saddles that are not sturdy enough to do ranch work um the old catalog saddles were generally a lightweight get from here to there saddle piece of equipment the ranch saddles of the day were very heavy rawhide wrap trees um very sturdy um our modern western side saddles um several brands are plenty sturdy enough for ranch work. The Crest Ridge, the Steel, some of the Skyhorse, um, some other brands. The Circle Y is pretty sturdy, um, but there are some knockoffs that have hollow fiberglass trees. If mm. you try to do anything strenuous in that, you are going to have little bits of fiberglass all over the place, and you're probably not going to still be on your horse. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I won't mention those brand names. You can message me and I'll tell you everything you want to know. Well, so Maggie, you were in my neck of the woods uh, for the banquet uh, yep. and awards banquet and annual meeting. So where are you today? Oh, I'm getting ready to fly to Minot, North Dakota for the North Dakota Horse Expo. This will be a fun trip because I'm not driving. i got to figure out how to get a saddle and all the stuff for the booth in my luggage. So yeah. this will be fun. How <laughs> uh, yeah. to check a saddle. Yeah. Maybe and that this, should be on our next show. Oh, yeah. How to pack a side <laughs> saddle. That, yeah, we'll put that yeah. in the next episode. 
Um, yeah, I've been to, we've been a busy month. We went to Buckhannon, West Virginia for the Strawberry Festival, where our unit got um, first place small group. We had five of us riding, including one rookie. She had just joined American Side Saddle Association like four days before and didn't know which regional club she needed to be in. And I said, well, where do you live? And she told me, and I looked it up on a map, and I said, mm, you're 40 minutes from Buckhannon, West Virginia. What are you doing on Saturday? <laughs> and she showed up. We put her on Fern, the one-eyed wonder horse, in my steel, and she rode down the street smiling and waving and having a good time. So now she's planning on every other event the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> At, uh, and then upcoming after this weekend, let's see. I think I've got a clinic coming up somewhere at the end of the month. I don't know. The alarm goes off on my phone. I get in the car and start driving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We have a parade on the 18th in Columbus, Ohio. We won't have the horses. They don't allow horses. It's the Columbus, Ohio Pride Parade. It's one of the largest pride parades in the nation. And since American Side Saddle Association prides, prides itself on being inclusive, we're going to get those um, blow-up horse rider costumes where it looks like you're riding the horse. Yeah. And we're going to put a little skirt on it and matching shirts and gallop down the street. you got to so. remember to like tear off one of the legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you f I think the legs are floppy enough you can flip one over on the other side. There you go. And just put a skirt Gotta on it. Got to do something that way. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. There's about 20 of us, I think. Yeah, I think so. June's kind of a slow month for you other than the, the expo. I know. Well, I'd, I had planned on going to the Germantown Charity Horse Show um, outside of Memphis, Tennessee. It's a fantastic show, but with diesel prices, I just... I. Without somebody going to help with the fuel expenses, we just can't afford to go this year. I really hate it because it is a beautiful show. If you're anywhere near Memphis, go watch, go ride, participate. Um, the girls down there, if you don't know how to ride side saddle, show up. They'll help you. <laughs> um, there's several side saddle classes. There's different breed classes. Um there's driving classes. All day is um, hunter jumpers, and then the evening is all the fun stuff. And they have a smooth ride challenge. One year they gave away a case of vodka for the winter. Um, Whoa! So yeah, anybody listening to the show want to go and uh, go to the Germantown Charity Horse Show? Maggie go. needs rides. <laughs> yeah, go have a good time, and then we'll interview you for the next episode. How'll that be? Well, that all sounds great, Maggie, but I think we're running out of time here, so we're going to wrap it up. You can learn more about riding side saddle on our website, americansidesaddleassociation.com, or uh, our Facebook page, American Side Saddle Association, or on our YouTube channel. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Thanks to our sponsors, the American Side Saddle Association and Crestridge Saddlery. Siempre de lado. That's Spanish for always to the side. 
Thank you.